you can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. And we are back, folks, another edition of the Michigan Football Breakdown focused on the defense with our guy, our man, Vance Beffert, meeting with you, the people. Listening to what you have to say, hearing what your questions are, talking about the maize and blue, the team that he predicted, he predicted would go back-to-back, back-to-back Big Ten champs, back-to-back beating Ohio State, and now back in the playoffs once again. Uh, we talked about it in the film study, Vance. You must be feeling pretty good on the prediction scale. Uh, definitely, we're going to get into your prediction about Michigan TCU and your uh, your predictions about the playoffs overall, but let's just start with your reflections, your takeaways from Michigan's latest uh, victory. They defeat the Purdue Boilermakers and one of your former colleagues, Ryan English, 43-22. to What did you think of Michigan's performance in that game? You know, I think earlier in the game, you know, first series, there was three plays and out. I'm like, oh, man, these boys came ready to play. But then I think Purdue settled down. You know, it was West Coast concept. The things you talked about all year long, Sam, from – motion to formation to the boundary. They had a few things here and there that caused a little confusion. But once we settled down, Sam, and started playing, we took things away. Just like I thought we were. We were a better football team, and we showed we were a better team. We were more physical. All the things we needed to do, we did those things. And the outcome is just what we thought it would be. Yeah, it certainly was, man. And, it, you know, you consider that this was a Purdue team that, you know, veteran quarterback. They've upset some teams in the past. You knew Jeff Brom, being the offensive guy that he is, was going to look and find a lot of the things that you've been talking about. I mean, you could guarantee, and we talked about it last week, you could guarantee that in the given time, he was going to go identify the things that had given Michigan trouble and would try some of those things in the game. And Vance, that's exactly what we saw. It is, but you know what? It's only going to work for so long. Mm-hmm. I mean, they move, they pocket with the offensive line. They pull a guard. They're going to drop back pass because the offensive line wasn't that great. They move the pocket. They move it from the A gap to the C gap. And they had success in the first quarter with that. But once they got behind, they had to go drop back pass, and they couldn't protect. And it was like, okay, we're chasing the dog right now. I mean, he's in the canyon. He can't get away. And that's how the game was. We got up, and all of a sudden, we turned the dog loose in the front foot, just took off and started just destroying them. Game was over with. As long as the game was close, all those little things, they were great. But once they got on the hand, you had to go drive back pass. Couldn't do it. They weren't good enough to beat us that way. Yeah, and so let's let's rehash for a second some of the things, the primary things that you've talked about. And we go over this in the film study, so be sure to check that out. If you aren't doing your homework with the film study, you're missing out. But let's go over the things that you said for a really good defense, one of the top defenses in the country. When defense, when offenses have had success, it's been doing what, Vance? So what? How did Purdue have that success on Saturday? Up tempo. They went up tempo. When they didn't go up tempo, they went formation to the boundary. You see what you're in. Then from formation to, I mean, you got more receivers to the boundary than to the field. Then they motion back to the field. If you're in zone coverage, they had to make things change. We had a few busts there. 
and the ball was out quick. It was rhythm throws, so he couldn't get there. So all the things we've seen throughout the year, we saw some of those things with, with uh, Purdue. And we also saw those same things a few weeks ago versus Illinois that gave us some issues. So those things are starting to show up. Now, TCU, they don't do any of those kind of things. They are a spread team. They got six, four receivers. They're going to see can they win with jump balls. So you know, I'm looking know right now. I'm, I'm thinking 35 to 10. Mm-hmm. 35 to 10. I'm just telling you right now because the offense is ground chuck, baby. <laughs> I mean, they're going to have a three down. We're going to ground chuck. I'm talking about right now. I'm talking about USDA. I'm talking I about did, Wagyu. Man. I'm talking about Wagyu. I'm talking about the extra fat in there. I mean, we're going all the way live, baby. I'm just telling you that right now. Man, you, yeah, hey, no cliffhangers. You already calling your shot. Hey, I'm just, hey, I just see what I see, baby. That's all it is. I mean, if, if Kansas State can rush for 150, I'm thinking 300 yards rushing. That's what I'm talking about right now. Our defense don't even have to make the trip. Because you know what? The offense is going to take up 58 minutes. It's going to be a 58-minute drive. I mean, we're going to start it from the opening kickoff. They're going to go to halftime and get it again and drive the rest of the TCU offense when you go to the football field. Hey, man, you sound like this guy. Jay Matt said TCU is the better Indiana. Up tempo and speed and space. But he's, he he agree with you, Vance. This is like you. Now, look, TCU better team than that. I do wonder, and we'll get into this later, and I will open up the questions to you folks, the people. I do wonder how they are going to, how they're going to match up. With this running game, I mean, the close. What's the closest thing they've seen to what Michigan does, Vance? They really haven't seen. They did a great job in stopping Bijan Robinson. I think he's going to be a top. He's going to be a top ten, top fifteen pick in the NFL as a running back. I mean, he's he's very talented. They lowered the box. They took him away. But Texas didn't have the passing game that Michigan has. They have a freshman quarterback at Texas. We got a red shirt sophomore, whatever here at Michigan. Our quarterback at this point in time, J.J., was better than, their, than Texas quarterback. He couldn't hit the side of a barn in that ball game, so he loaded the box up. They can't load the box versus us because J.J. will pick him apart. Next thing is they're running a bunch of three down. Kansas State came out, Sam, and got an unbalanced formation. Then they three down. Sam, they got no edge. <laughs> so Deuce, who was 5'6", 180 pounds, he and our dad are friends. I knew Deuce when he was in ninth grade and, and junior high and high school. Deuce is still – I just saw Deuce pass some house running. He running from Dallas, Texas. He made a wrong turn. He going to Manhattan, Kansas. He got to go back. You, Deuce, go to Oklahoma City, son. You're going the wrong direction. He's still running the day, Sam. That's all I got to say. Deuce going to be worn out just trying to get back to the crib. They hadn't figured out yet how to stop unbalanced formation on the stretch play. I just don't understand that. Well, listen, Michigan will pound you. You you know you're going to see 37 forms of duo. You're going to see 27 forms of counter. They're going to come back with, with power. They're going to hit you with some split zone. They're going to do a lot of things just to bang on you. And I just wonder, I wonder how this team is going to match up with that. Now, what what you expect them to do, Vance, is to load the box. And if they load the box, now Michigan has shown they can run in the loaded boxes. I mean, consider for a second, and we broke this down on film, first play of the second half, Donovan, he they run a duo, and he he fakes the safety out. I mean, the, the corner out, the corner has him dead to rights. He fakes him out, the free defender, and goes 60. On the split zone, Vance, he fakes two dudes out in the backfield. 
and then runs through five more guys. So even when they had free shots, they were still getting got. I can't imagine that a loaded box against T- by TCU is going to discourage Michigan from running the football. They're still going to run it, but it feels like there are going to be some opportunities through the air against them, a lot of opportunities through the air against them. Because Texas had some shot, some chances through the air, didn't they? They did, and they just missed them. It was overthrown. He must have overthrown three or four guys. If he makes those throws, they're going to beat TCU. The game went down to the wire. They're going to beat TCU. He missed those throws because they, they took Bijan away. And I think Bijan probably had maybe 12 rushes the whole ball game. And so we started trying to throw the football. And at the end of the day, he had a quarterback at a bad game. We lost. TCU's offense, now I'm just going back. Their receivers are big receivers like Michigan State. We had problems with Michigan State's receivers. That's why it's so important for our offense to go ground chuck so don't give those guys opportunity to get after us. They have a veteran offensive line. They have the COVID, you know, six-year player, fifth-year players up front. They're big. They're not very athletic. Movement can hurt these guys. But they're going to hold a point and give the quarterback a chance. And it's going to be very important for Jesse to find ways to take away these big receivers. Make them run inside routes. Don't give them the sideline like we did versus Michigan State. Because if you do, they're going to throw a bunch of deep balls and see can they come down with it. So is TCU the type of team that could exploit some of the, the holes in, in Michigan's zone or maybe create some of the busts like we saw in the first half against, against Purdue? Is that something that you would worry about, something that you would drill a lot uh, in bowl prep? That's not his type of system. I mean, that's a West Coast system Purdue ran. I mean, it's – it's get to spots and ball's going to be out. It's going to be five-step throw. It's three-step throw. That's really not what uh, TC does. They throw some deep balls. It's play-action pass off the run look. You're going to get screens, those type of things. Typical up-tempo spread. It's a check-with-me system. They're going to be checking from the sideline to see what you're in. They're going to be looking for matchups. They're going to study the corners. Who can we go after? Who can we get jump balls on? So I'm looking. If I'm, if I'm them right now. I'm looking at Green, and I'm looking at, at Turner. Those are two guys that have a tendency to give you fades. So, therefore, if I see them guys out there, especially to the boundary, I'm going to check those guys out. The next thing is we play a lot of zone early on. I'm going to attack the outside zones, deep outside. I'm going to play out with a second level about 15 yards deep. We've had issues with that route, whether it be quarters, which is four deep, whether it be cover three, which is three deep. We've had problems with that particular route. So you're going to see those type of things uh, when we play. If we can take those things away and keep the ball inside and front, again, we should win by three touchdowns at least. All right, so what about your defensive plan? You watch – I mean, their their quarterback is a run threat. And a a guy who's a Heisman finalist now, as a matter of fact, should be Blake up in there, but I I won't harp on that. He's a dude who's made plays for them all season. Wasn't quite able to get it done. In the uh, in the Big T- Big Twelve Championship game, but he is one from a defensive coordinator perspective that you have to really be concerned about because he can move, he can run too. So, how would you defend TCU? Fill all the run lanes. Don't don't when we pass rush. This is going to be big for Mike Elston this for the next couple of weeks. When we pass rush, make sure we stand out in our pass rush lanes. If we get out of our rush lanes, he has a chance to take off, which causes problems. But again, we're a big zone team. So, again, as we drop, play with your eyes. See what's going on. Make sure that I'm going to give me some inside blitzes. He's better when he can scramble up inside. 
take off running. I'm taking away all inside run lanes against this quarterback. If he scrambles, he's got to scramble outside. You know, if possible, I'm going to force him away from his throwing hand, force him to his left, which now I can cut the field on him that way. But I'm going to pressure him. Mike, just – I mean, Jesse, just do what you always been doing, Jesse. Bring the heat. Bring the heat. Don't give quarterback a chance to make good throws and make him a little bit antsy and keep the offensive line off balance. If you do that, you'll be okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, it shall be interesting to see what kind of what kind of uh, adjustments we see both teams make heading into the game. I, I said before when we were talking about whether it's Michigan, Ohio State, uh, certainly now as we talk about Michigan, TCU, yeah, Michigan has some improvements to make, some adjustments to – some adjusting to do, but not as much as the other squad. <laughs> they got way more to adjust to than Michigan to me. But what I like about this this late this late sort of surge – here this season is the emergence of guys on offense. You see the big tight end coast and Loveland looking like, I mean, Michigan's had some good tight ends here under Jim Harbaugh, especially uh, you go back to the, you know, back to, to the Brady era, uh, Jake, Butt. I mean, there've been some good tight ends around here. Coast and Loveland talent wise is more talented than all of them. Now I'm not saying that he, I don't know if he's going to be better in the long term, but, Vance, that number 18, how, how they draw them up in the NFL. That's that's those guys that you know you you see from the George Kittles to your Travis Kelsey's. He's one of those guys, right? And so you see him starting to emerge here late with a couple touchdowns in the last couple games. And then on defense, you start calling out. I noticed you said, hey, if I'm an offensive coordinator, I'm seeing who can I throw a fade ball against. You said, I'm looking at number five. Right, I'm, I'm looking at Turner and I'm looking at Green. Yep. You didn't say I'm looking at the freshman. Why didn't you say I'm looking at the freshman number two, Vance? He gets his hands on guys. He plays like a big corner does. Man, when you watch all the technique of all those guys, okay, when I watch Turner play, he does the, I call it the, the, book, the basketball slide. So quick feet sliding back, stay in front of you. Well, Green kind of does the same thing. Well, the freshman, he gets up there. He might take one step, but he's trying to get his hands on you right now. I mean, I go back uh, against uh, the, the big boy from Ohio State. I think it was the first series. He walked up and pressed the guy. He tried, he tried to run a curl, and he took him out of bounds. He's like, you're not, you're not getting this. He's going to get his hands on you. So he plays big receivers better because he's going to play physical at the point of attack. The other corners, they play a little bit more finesse, which now you're getting a foot race. And that's why I always say take the outside away, get them back inside, get them a vision of the safety. When you get them down the sideline, your safety not making that play. And that's happened to us about three or four times this year. On fade routes, it's too far removed for the safety to make a play because he's down the sideline. On Turner gets him back inside. One of the interceptions came back when? It was inside fade. He's on the red zone, he jumped over the guy and made the play. But he got him inside. And that's what's important when you play certain guys. So TCU right now looking at us and saying, fade routes there. We get these two guys, the fade routes there. You 6'5", you 6'4", just like Michigan State, we're going to throw some jump balls. On May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? <laughs> Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount+. Plus.
All right, so so Vance, bowl prep. Take me through how you handle bowl prep because it does give you an opportunity to really go back and work on some things. You're able to get some of the younger players more involved, but from from a, a standpoint of preparation for the next game, from a position standpoint, I feel like the defensive line. I mean, have they had their moments where teams have got them here? They're sure, uh, but not often. Secondary, there have been some fade balls here and there. Uh, but I feel like this this secondary overall, overall, has been an improvement over last year when you consider uh, I think the corner play is is vastly improved. Linebackers are improved, but it feels like when an opponent feels like they this is where we're gonna try to pick at Michigan. This is where we're gonna try to get at Michigan. It feels like they attack their linebackers more than anything else. So what are you focusing on? with your linebacker group in bowl prep, where are you saying, Hey fellas, let's work on this. Let's fix this. Let's fix that. I'm going back to the fundamentals. I mean, it's, if I'm in zone football, I'm going back to my old count. One, two, three, that's count. Cause when they align is one is two is three ball snap and they move. Who's one, who's two, who's three. We saw in the last ball game, a couple of times with the linebackers and the safeties, they lost count. We see a back flare. Number two comes inside. Well, guess who becomes number two? The back is flare. So the, the safety squeeze. So, again, we're not playing with, with great vision. we got to see the big picture, and we're not doing that in zone football. Because if I'm TCU, I'm looking at that. So I'm doing motion. I'm doing crossing patterns. I'm attacking your linebackers and inside coverage because in a couple of ball games, we've shown that we can't count for three. And when, and when you matching up, spot dropping, matching up, it ties together, you still got to be, I'm on one, I'm on two, I'm on three. That's how the count's going to work. So I'm working on that. The next thing is I'm working on, i got a scrambling quarterback that can run. I mean, it, it's, he must have rushed for 100 yards versus TCU. we got to keep this guy in the pocket, but at the same time, we got to get pressure on him. So we don't have time just to sit back and, and work on our secondary. So I'm going to come in that ball game. I'm going to stump the front. I'm twisting the front. I mean, right now. So I'm trying to pick out the offensive lineman. I'm hoping Big Mike is healthy. I mean, something must be wrong. He's missed two ball games right now. So that's my concern. But we have enough depth that can keep the guys fresh so we can stay after this quarterback. So if he starts running around, I'm in good shape. But we got to contain this guy so he can't scramble around throw the ball downfield. I'm, I'm optimistic about Big Mike. You know, I know he was working hard to get back in the game all week, was keeping tabs on that. Uh, there was some thought, there was some thought, you know, middle of the week that he might be able to go, but uh, ultimately, he didn't. I can't see a scenario where where Mike Moore, or Big Mike Morris, isn't ready to go for the uh, for the playoff game. I, I just I feel really strongly that he'll he'll be available for that, and that'd be a huge bonus. But look at the look at the valuable snaps that you've gotten for the other guys, namely number seventeen, who you talked a lot about last week. He got a little banged up in the Purdue game. Nothing, nothing serious. Bump, bumps and bruises like you see from a lot of guys. But a chance to heal those things up. And I just think Michigan is going to go into these playoffs with with more depth. And so that that leads me to a broader question before we get to the questions from the people. And now, folks, if you have questions for Vance, now is the time to start getting them lined up, right? So put them in the in the comments. We'll get to some of your questions for Vance coming up. But compare for me, Vance, how you feel about Michigan's chances in these playoffs to how you felt about Michigan's chances heading into last year's playoffs. Set aside that you know the outcome. You know that they lost to Georgia. How did you feel before that? 
about their chances to beat Georgia and win a championship compared to how you feel about them now? You know, last year I thought that the game was going to be close. Georgia came out and attacked our strength. They came out throwing the football, and they took away our defensive ends by cutting them, getting the ball out quick, going to empty. I was really surprised that their passing attack, they showed no respect, no regards for our, for our guys. This year I think it's a different football team. First, I'll go with the offense. you got J.J. He can do some things with his feet. He can get out of trouble and make some plays. I think – and I said this from the first, the first ball game. I'm going to go way back. See, I see different things coverage-wise that I didn't see last year. Jesse has done more things because he's a secondary guy that he's put in for the disguises. He can roll strong or roll, roll weak in quarter, quarter, half. Against Michigan State, after we had problems with the big receivers, he was the three cloud. He just rolled over top of him, took him out of the mix, and I'd have to go somebody else. So he does a better job coverage-wise with his schemes to take things away. So I think we're, we're going to be more prepared this time around than what we were last year. You know, Coach Harbaugh, okay, now he's been there. This is the second go-around. For a lot of coaches on the staff, this is your second go-around. For a lot of the players, it's your second go-around. So they're going to feel a lot more comfortable. The biggest thing to show up and have your A game versus TCU first. Can't take it for granted because they're there for a reason. I mean, they can throw the ball over the top. They come from behind, I think, six games to win. Yeah, man. I'm impressed with that. Yeah, I I know that people are – I don't think the Big 12 is is as good as – certainly not as good as the SEC. I don't think they're as good as the Big 10 East. Big 10 West, Big 12, definitely – but just the Big Ten East, I don't think that the Big 12 is on par with that. But it says something to me that TCU has won every which way. They've come from behind several times, to your point. They've done it on the road. They've come from behind by double digits. They've they played tight games. They won at Texas. They won, they won at the last minute against Baylor. The team that they lost to in the Big, Ten, Big 12 championship, they actually beat during the regular season. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a very tested team. But a team that Kansas State having a chance to play them again kind of maybe expose some fatal flaws uh, when you match up with a team like Michigan. You know, Kansas State showed they're in three down. We're going to run these formations. We're going to take advantage of what they don't do to adjust to these formations and run the football. And that's what they did. They had success with that. Well, offensively, the quarterback, Sam, like this. I'm watching that game. I'm, I'm screaming like they can hear me. Why in overtime I'm going to take the ball out of that quarterback's hands? He has willed you to overtime. Got the two-point play to get you to overtime. You're on the one-yard line, and you're going to tell me that I, that quarterback is not going to touch the ball. So, Sam, if I got four downs, you know how many times that quarterback going to touch that ball? I'm not giving that ball to anybody else. I'm screaming, what are you doing? Either quarterback sneak. Oh, if you're on Canada deep, put a shotgun on the quarterback power. They gonna, I'm going to beat Kansas State, but that quarterback, if I'm going to lose that game, I'm going to lose the game with my best player quarterback. They didn't do that. But, you know, I know, I know I'm getting off of it, but we got to contain that guy. He, he, he can run around, make plays, and they receivers now. Uh, they can make some plays. This is going to be Michigan State-type receivers, but faster. That's what you're going to play against. You're going to play Michigan State's receivers. They big like those guys, but they're faster. And the quarterback's more accurate than what the guy from Michigan State was. That's what I'm saying. The key for us, 
his offense, keeping them, that offense on the side. I'm old man who, who coached me, was a defensive coordinator for a long time in high school and college. He said, you know what the best defense is, Sam? When they sitting their ass on the sideline because the offense is ground chuck. That's the best defense you can have, especially in the fourth quarter. Yeah. If I'm on the sideline sitting down, we win it because the offense right now is keeping they important offense on the sideline. It's just that. You know, it, it reminds me of a point you made last week. I, I told Al this. I said, man, I hate to cite Urban Meyer. Not my favorite thing to do. <laughs> but but you said last week that Urban used to say to you guys when you were in Florida, he won a couple national championships down there. He had dogs on defense all day long. You know that, Vance. You helped recruit some of them. Had dogs on defense. But he said, hey, we're going to go out here and we're going to protect our defense with our offense. So there's something to be said for defensive excellence, in part being tied to the offense's ability to dictate, to control the line of scrimmage, control the clock. I'm not saying that you go in and it's ball control all day, but maybe part of Michigan's success defensively is the fact that they wear teams down uh, on offense in the second half of games too. They do. I mean, anytime you have ball control and shorten the game, if you go back to last week in the first half, who controlled the clock in the first half? Purdue, Purdue did. Guess what the game was? It was close. In the second half, it was different. And if we, they kept offense off the field, and they stayed in third down and four. So in third down and four and five, they were converted. In the second half, we had ground chuck on offense. We got up. And on third, we, now we were winning on first down on defense. It's third and long. Whole different game plan offensively and defensively for the opponent now. And that's going to be key versus TCU. We got ball control, eat the clock up, and score touchdowns. And now we got to win on first down defensively and keep them in third and seven. So now they can't throw a slant or a hitch. Now the offensive line got to drop back and pass protect and get a receiver's chance to get down the field 10 to 10 to 12 yards. Now that plays to our advantage. But if it's third, four, and five now, we can have some problems. All right. Before we get to the questions from the people, uh, I want to, man, congratulate those of you who got in on that digital collectible I told you about last week, or last couple of weeks, uh, mainly, uh, the new digital collectible platform, Distinct, who has teamed with Jim Harbaugh for an excellent digital collectible called Ann Arbor. What is an audio digital collectible, you ask? An audio digital collectible is unique content created exclusively or distinct that you can purchase all audio digital collectibles on distinct will feature voices that you trust and sounds that you know voices like those of Jim Harbaugh who distinct team with Jim Harbaugh they team with him to come up with the Ann Arbor digital collectible now Ann Arbor featuring Jim Harbaugh is the first audio digital collectible available as a part of their college town collection again it, it gives you all the sights and the sounds of, of Ann Arbor the ones that resonate with everyone who's been here, whether it's you, me, Vance, and certainly Jim. And as always, with Distinct's digital collectibles, all owners of Ann Arbor will be privy to specialty-themed utilities, benefits, and experiences like the one they sent out last week. To those of you who went out and bought the, the digital collectible, only a 1,000 of them were available, and they sent out that specially designed print commemorating Michigan's victory over Ohio State. Uh, those are gone, but there will be more, more exclusive items that are offered to collectibles owners and great events, great events that they're tossing around. I sort of teased some last week 
But what if I told you? I'm just this is a hypothetical. What if I told you, I like, I'm sitting down with Vance right now. What if you had the opportunity to sit down with a certain coach of a Big Ten champion in much the same way? What if we, we did a film study with a guy who was the quarterback of that team? Those are the kinds of opportunities that Distinct is talking about and talking over with folks in Ann Arbor and will make available to you the digital collectible owners. So, again, only 1,000 were available when they unveiled them a couple of weeks ago. They have been going fast. Still some available. You can find them at distinct.so. Again, distinct.so. And uh, certainly some are still available. Just to give you a piece, a little message from Jim, talking about his partnership with Distinct, his excitement about it, uh, and the opportunity to really be the narrator, the narrator for you, and your digital collectible experience. There's no better feeling than to be part of a team, part of a community, community part of a university. Uh, feel like you belong, you know, and that's that's uh, that's pretty much the whole ball game. people so get them while you can distinct.so distinct.so and with that let's go to the questions from the people let's make it happen all right uh we'll start off first with this question from neil wiggins you kind of touched on this a little bit already vance but the best way to defend the tc tcu quarterback is what vance pressure you gotta get pressure on them right now make them make some bad throws if you let them sit back and get comfortable and find his guys, it could be a long day. You need to make him move his feet and throw some incomplete passes. And Jesse's done a great job all year long, bringing pressure at the right time, keep things off balance. And secondly, disguise your coverages. Don't say, here I am, beat us. I'm watching, I don't go back to Texas. Texas run quarters. TCU attack quarters, what they call it, number one runs a post, number two runs a, a corner route. So now you got to decide how to beat us. We run quarters. Texas gave up a touchdown on that particular play. So, and we talked about that earlier, certain ways, things you got to take away. So we need to make sure that we have answers for that quarter's route. Yeah, somebody giving you some love, Vance. James Horrock said, Vance nailed Purdue. They had nearly 50 passes, and Michigan got two picks. Scout TCU, Vance is already doing it. He's giving you the scout right now, uh, really lining it up for you, the people. And so here's another question. This one from Andrew Bailey says, were Purdue's problems with indecision on RPOs more to do with Purdue's shortcomings or, or Michigan's defense? What did you see? They're they not a big RPO team. They were more of a West Coast team. It's They're going to run some inside zone. And uh, they were doing forms of play-action pass, not RPO. They were pulling guards to move the pocket because the offensive line wasn't very good. When they had to go drop back, he had pressure. So what they would do, they'd give you a run look, and they would move the pocket from the A-gap to the C-gap and still running the West Coast concepts. Now the routes were deeper. To the three-step routes, they were going 12 to 15 routes. They were still running curl routes and curl-flat combination. So it wasn't RPO. It was more or less West Coast concepts, curl-flat routes. We just didn't execute on defense. 
the linebackers and the secondary, they saw the drop back pass. They saw the high hats by the tackles, the releases by the receivers. We were chasing guys like man to man instead of counting one, two, three. Two went outside, we'll find one who came inside. And that's all it was. It was a lack of communication and lack of execution on our part. All right, Vance. Uh, here's another one. Sticking with the theme of, of Duggan being a mobile guy, what's our best QB uh, mobility front seven without number 90? Now, I'm actually thinking that he's going to play, but he obviously isn't going to play every snap. Uh, so what's the best mobility front front seven for TCU from the strongest, like the, the most stout front seven to well, – the Gatoradist. That's a, that's a Vance term. He said, that's the. I guess that means the weakest. You on the. I mean, you on the sideline drinking with me. What that is? Well, anytime you come up in a bear look. In other words, you got a zero, two threes, and two guys walked up. Now you can do almost anything you want to. You can run any zone coverage. You can pressure different ways. It keeps the offensive line off balance. It keeps the quarterback off balance. That's that's number one. But what we do most of is over defense. Four down linemen. And we do different things with the front. We could bring the nickel back off the edge from the field, the corner from the boundary. So just do what we do. You don't go into a game and change. You say, what do we do well? We execute these things well. Our kids understand all the checks. You're going to go and just be us. And that's what he's going to do. You're going to see the nickel rock we talked about. You're going to see the corner blitz. You're going to see a backer pushing inside. We're just going to do what we're going to do. We're going to line up and bear sometimes and still run the rock blitz or the corner blitz. And sometimes drop eight. So our disguise, we should be just fine. Were you a fan of this? Uh, Mark Mikowski says, will Michigan must rush, spy, or just play Duggan straight up? How would you approach that, man? We're going to play him straight up. If you're going to must rush this guy, you're going to have a long day at the office. He's going to pick us apart. That means he's sitting back there, and he's counting 1,001, 1,002. It's 1,006, giving the receivers a chance to come open. you got to get out to this guy. you got to push the pocket, which I think we can do, Collapse the pocket, and now make sure he doesn't have a window to throw through. And uh, if you spy him, that means you're rushing three. If your three don't get home, well, guess what kind of he has in the back? Time. He has a whole lot of time. And, again, their receiving court is, is really good. And we can't give him time to find those guys down the football field. All right. Let's go ahead and continue with the questions for our man Vance. It says, uh, this one from Shadyville 03. The interior is supposed to be the strength of the TCU front. Do you think we'll get penetration up the middle? Yes, I do. Again, they, they have fifth and sixth-year players in the offensive line. They don't move very well. They're more straight-line guys. They're power guys. If you move, which we move quite a bit, I think we can get penetration that way. If we just try to sit back and anchor those guys down, so I'm rushing on the shoulder here. They're, they're stout enough to control us, but Coach Mennon does a great job moving in front a lot. I think that's going to be an advantage to us because our quickness going against big, stiff guys, I think it's going to be an advantage to us to get pressure on the quarterback and to be in the backfield quite often. All right. Here's another one from Kellen Sander. First says, can Michigan fix alignment issues before TCU? Too often in the first half, we have four guys trying to get trying to get the defense lined up. That's the, the tempo deal that we've been talking about. Man, I, I say all the time, look, if tempo didn't work, a lot, you wouldn't see teams using it all over the place. That's not that doesn't mean that Michigan doesn't need to get better at it, though. It, it is no doubt. I mean, it's you have to be calm. And early in the game, we've had issues with that. But as a game goes on, the players get more set, settled. That happens a lot in, in the first couple of series. 
But the biggest thing is we get all our calls from the sideline. And a lot of times when a team is going up tempo and you have 11 guys looking to the sideline, all of a sudden now they're running around trying to get lined up. So twofold, we start getting that situation. We should have an automatic call. We're going to go to this defense line up and play. After that, we're going to get our calls in, not worry about it. But the issue we have is that when they go up tempo and they got formation to the boundary, that's when we had our most most issues throughout the year because now either linebackers have to adjust to the boundary or the secondary has to adjust to the boundary, and that's when we had the most issues is FSL up tempo. Mm-hmm. Tell them FSL again, fans. I- For, uh, I'm sorry. It's, you putting uh, your uh, your faster receivers to the boundary. For example, three receivers to the boundary, one to the field or two fast receivers to the, to the boundary, and a tight end, and one receiver to the field. So in other words, the speed is to the boundary. All right. Uh, let's move on to the next one. This is a, a question. They made a halftime adjustment. Tyler W. wants to know, were we slow to get out of zone versus Purdue? Is it because we are a bad man coverage unit? Why do you think they stayed in zone as long as they did, Vance? Porter being a coordinator is getting a feel for the game. As you practice, you have things you – you work on, you say, this should fit what they're doing. And that's why you're playing zone. We played some zone in the second half, but the difference was we got up, so we got better pressure up front. But we are a zone team, guys. We're going to play some man on third down. We're going to play man. In the red zone, we're going to play man. In the open field, we're more of a zone team, whether it be some form of cover three, a quarter, quarter, half, those type of things. We're not a man team. That's not what we do. Because in order to be a man team, your, your front four got to be some real dogs. You know, last year you had two defensive ends and quarterback didn't have a whole lot of time. This year we do it by scheme. We, we move guys around. We'll blitz a guy here or we'll twist somebody here and get that kind of pressure. Last year you had two guys one-on-one. They're going to win. They're going to get pressure on the quarterback. So it's tough to be a man team when you don't have those kind of alpha males coming off the edge. So we're a zone team first. But third down, we will play man. All right. Hey, Vance, you got a fan, man. Best show on I appreciate it. Best show on YouTube, fans. All right. Let's go back to uh, go back to the next question. Uh, let me see. Vance, what do you think? This is from Bricks. Says, Vance, what is the biggest advantage Michigan has versus TCU defensively? 13 and 12 personnel, can they get a line and stop our run game? Because we're going to throw it out of 13 and 12 personnel. And against TCU, against Texas, against Oklahoma, they line, they going to align in three down. In other words, a zero and two fours. And whenever they don't walk the backers up, we have angles on their guys. You look at the last ball game, we lined up in odd a couple of times. The touchdown run, we're in odd defense. They had tight end to the boundary. We didn't aggressively attack it, so there were scenes in the defense. And that's, that can happen in three down front. So I think that we can run the football on them because of things we do offensively with different personnel groupings. All right, moving on to the next one. A lot of questions that I've seen so far. I want you to talk about Georgia, Ohio State. So here's one of them I'll just pick. It says, how does Georgia's pass defense stack up against Ohio State? Uh, slant run under the umbrella. Uh, I, I feel like you know, the question is, how does Ohio State's defense match up with, with Georgia's offense? I think that's where you get your popcorn ready. Because I, I don't know, Vance. Well, I, I want to go to the Ohio State's offense first. 
these fellas from the blitz them down. They got some animals up front. They different. I mean, uh, Ohio State's offensive line hadn't seen that. They hadn't seen guys like that. We we stout at the University of Michigan up front. Them guys at Georgia, I man, they got some different animals up front. And my question is, is Stroud tough enough to sit in the pocket? If he does, we Ohio State can hit some passes on these guys because they're going to play zone first. Whenever they have issues, they go just straight out man-to-man and blitz everybody. Against Tennessee, they lined up and say, we can't cover these guys. So you know what they did, Sam? They zero blitz and they killed the quarterback. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had guys open, but the quarterback is running for his life. He can get the ball down the football field. And that's the thing about when you blitz people, a lot of times guys can be open, but you don't have time. And then on the other side of the football, when you look at their offense versus Ohio State's defense, you know, I think Ohio State's got a better defense than most guys think. I think they played – they did some things versus Michigan they shouldn't have done. They tried to play man coverage. They're not a man coverage team. They looked at Illinois and said, if Illinois can do it, we can do it. Well, that's not what you do. And so you got beat. So they're going to go back to what they've always done. And like I said, that, that, that guy, I think that – Jim Knowles is an excellent defensive coordinator. He's been at Duke. He's been all over the place. He's had success every place he's been. He's going to get back to what he does best. And they're going to slow Georgia down. It could be a dog fight. I'm being honest with you. If Ohio State and Stroud can calm down, he's not afraid of that pressure, they might have a pretty good ball game. Man, I think Stetson Bennett going to pick them apart. We'll see. We'll <laughs> see. I watched that, man. Look, I, I was convinced. You, you talked about how you were surprised by that passing game. I think the only people not surprised by how well they threw the ball was the Georgia coaches. Because that game plan, that game plan they came out there with was – put it on the quarterback's shoulder and let him carry the victory. And none of their fans thought he could do that. None of their fans thought he could do that. He came out, and again, I give this stat all the time because I'm still shocked by it. Like, they came out with 13 RPOs in the first half, Vance. Yeah. I I mean, that'll slow a defense down like Michigan's, right? And it it did. He was very effective at it. And, uh, boy, I I just – I wonder how Ohio State is going to defend them. Their best bet is can they get their offense back on track? Their their high power, high octane passing attack. But you remember we were talking earlier in the season, and you were talking about that Georgia Tennessee game. And I don't know if that was the first time you saw Keely Ringo ball out, but she was like, "Oh, Georgia got this corner. That's the real deal." The real deal. I'm gonna tell you right now. Last year during the season, I was talking about Sauce Gardner before they were talking about Sauce being the top ten pick. It's like if the Lions don't get Aiden. And they don't get the number one pick because I thought Aiden was going to go number one. They need to be trying to get Sauce Gardner. He's probably going to be the defensive rookie of the year, fans. Ball player. So I'm saying this about Keely Ringo now. They aren't talking about Keely Ringo in the top 10, fans. You mark my words. Remember I said it. You get around the draft, you're going to see Keely Ringo's name start to shoot up that list too. Straight ball player. He'll be drafted by Seattle then. Because <laughs> Seattle wanted to draft Sauce Gardner, but he. They took him. They were looking for a corner. They thought he was a real deal. They got a guy in the fifth round from UTSA going to be on the all rookie team. Oh, man. Got 6'4". Man, you talking about Tariq, what, Tariq Wooten? Or Wooten? Oh, man. Yes. That dude ran like a 4-2-40 at the combine. He did. Hey, I was up there for a week in Seattle and saw him practice, and he looked like a fish out of water. But he every time they went deep, it was like the guy was open. We were 6'4". He knocked the ball down. He's doing the same thing now as a rookie. Yeah, you know what they what they said about him. I don't know we off on a tangent, but he was a receiver at first. First, he was a receiver. Then he converts and he's playing at UTSA. 
Yep. So you got the you got the big teams like he hadn't played nobody. He's not really a refined corner, but I always see a dude like that. He's he's like he's got Antonio Cromartie's length, mm-hmm. but he's faster. Yeah. And so I see a dude like that, and I'm like, man, if you a coach, you can't take you can't take a dude like that and do something with him. Clearly, Seattle thought they could. Whew, they did got him with the fifth round, and and guess what? They got the Jim Thorpe Award when it was Cincinnati in the fourth round. He, he starts from a nickelback. They start they start two rookies in the secondary. They play a rookie defensive end and a rookie offensive tackle. And right now, he leading their division. So right, if you right. if you evaluate high school, college, and NFL, you can find some players. Don't have to be a five star guy. Got to be a good football player. Thesson Bennett was three star guy. And he up he up for the Heisman. Now our running back Blake should be up there in New York City for the Heisman. I mean he got to run around, but again it's it's a quarterback uh, uh, trophy right now. They should just take away. It's just a quarterback trophy. It's not for the best player because I don't think the four best players in the country are up there right now. I really don't. I agree with you. I say this, you know, boy, it's it's about coaches' ability to coach and develop and scheme. But like Kirby Smart said, I gotta have me some ball players. What I know, what I know about Michigan here, late in the season especially, they're five stars playing like five stars now, Vance. Yeah. JJ McCarthy playing like a five star. Donovan Edwards playing like a five star. Will Johnson is playing like a five star. So you better have you some ball players too if you're gonna win the whole thing. There's no doubt. Let's go back to last year, Georgia and Michigan. They showed a stat. I think Georgia had 2025 20, five stars. Michigan had five. Guess what? No five stars. They have five defensive players going the first round. That tells you something right there. If you get the right five stars, some right. five star guys should be three star guys. Let's be for real. I mean, that, that happens quite often. There's some five star guys and some real dogs, and you hope, hopefully you got one of them kind. Or if you have five star talent and not five star culture, that's that's, that's, that's part of it too. That's Texas a They got a bunch of five stars. They don't have five star culture down there. I think they got a bunch of overrated players too. You know, I'm just making my point. I think some of them are overrated. I don't know who put the stars on them, but I wasn't. It's no culture. No coaches putting stars. Man, Darius charges part of charges stars now. Well, you know what? Tell me when he coached something. I hope he's listening because you know what? The boy, <laughs> you don't answer my phone call right now. He a superstar. <laughs> I'll talk about everybody. I don't care what secretary you're a superstar right now. So you can't call nobody back. Yeah. I'm calling you out in front of all your peers. All right. Since we talk about, we've been talking about corners, right? People want to know if TCU decides to load the box. So this is back to back tweets here or, or messages here. Christopher Robbins said TCU stacks the box. Do they have the cornerbacks to cover our wide receivers? Shadyville kind of answered for you. He said, TCU have Thorpe award finalists. I think both corners are all Big 12. So what does that mean, Vance? Do you believe in TCU's ability on the back end to cover Michigan's wide receivers? They're going to take a chance and try to do that. They're going to play – they play quarters also. They play some man. They're going to say, we're going to try to lock these guys up, but we got to stop the running. If we don't stop the running, the rest of it doesn't matter. And they got to make – they're going to make sure that, you know, uh, they're going to take away the nakeds. If I'm TCU, I'm blitzing off the edge. I'm listening off edge for one thing. We run a lot of outside stretch, your duo play, and we run some boots and nakers because JJ's athletic. I'm going to take away that play, also your boots and nakers. That's what I'm going to try to do to, to those guys. So TCU, I think they have really good staff. You're going to see some pressure off the edge. You're going to see some man-to-man on the receivers to load the box and try to stop the run. All right. Moving on to the next one. 
All right, so here's one. This is a, a bowl prep question from David Betts. Question for Vince. How much time in bowl prep is spent on fundamentals and techniques, and how often did you see noticeable improvement during that time? Often your first week, you spend some time getting ready for your opponent, but it's, it's a lot of fundamentals, a lot of drill work, a lot of teamwork, making sure all the mistakes or things that happen during the year, we're correcting those things right now. So it's a lot of it's more fundamentals the first week than anything else. You're working on their plays, but at the same time, for me as a DB coach, I had a lot of individual time. Work on the fundamentals of how we do certain things, our footwork, how we play certain routes. I would do a seven-on-seven walkthrough, how to fit things, how you should count, those type of things. So fundamentals are real big during this time of year. All right. Moving on to the next one. All right. Uh, JMAT27. Vance, what's more important in this game? Maintaining rush lanes? And not getting too far upfield or defending the fade ball the way you discuss. I'm betting you're gonna say both. Yeah, it's both. I'm getting out the quarterback. I, you know how I am, Sam. I always, I'm getting off the bus. I'm thinking one thing. I'm going to this quarterback. I mean, I can take away the fade again. Cornerbacks. We're playing outside press. Get them back, in, and it's not that hard, Sam. I mean, I see the young Johnson boy do it. Mm-hmm. So my man, my other two guys, Turner and Green, do the same thing. It's not that hard. I mean, so if you go back and, and talk to the guys when I was back there, Woodson, Andre, Wethers, William Pearson, Willie, if I saw you doing certain things offensively, they know right now that he ain't getting right here. We're going to play outside press because he's outside. We should get him back inside, and that's what we worked on during the week. So when I get in the ball game, as we break people down, I'm playing TCU. Guess what right I'm not getting up because they're 6'4 and 6'5. You're not getting outside. If you do, you're going out of bounds. It's like going to jail. I'm going to lock you down right now. But I'm going to get this quarterback now. I'm first play. I'm going to get this quarterback. He might if he hit a play. Next play, I'm going to get that quarterback. I'm letting him know right now. When you lead this ball game, you're going to you're going to need ice. You're on the sideline, packed in ice right now, and aspirin and Tylenol, everything, because we're going to beat you up. I hear you. All right, here's one from Shaw Fam right up your alley. Shaw Fam says, Vance, how pumped are you that Little Mike is coming back next year? Coming back for a second year. And Michigan's defensive backfield. There's no one thing. I'm watching little Mike when they playing Ohio State. He up there yelling at the fans. That's my kind of guy right there. Man, right? He's going to be a leader next year. He's going to be the guy. He's going to be one of the leaders of that football team. He's going to make everybody around him better. He's not going to let anybody shortchange themselves or shortchange the team. I'm excited for it right now. So right now, our nickelback is solid. We got a bunch of guys that are young. We're going to be really good again next year in the secondary. I'm probably be better. All right. Jeff Rutch, Rook, or maybe it's Jeff Rook, said, does Mikey play outside corner next year, or does he stay in his current role? I guess what would you, what would you do, Vance? With I'm right Mikey? where he is, man. I'm not – right now, think about it. In this day and age, some of the better receivers are in the slot. Mm-hmm. So you can do more things with him in the slot. Because remember, Woodson's last year, his junior year, guess what we put him at? Put him in the slot. Yep. He can blitz. He can play man-to-man. He can play zone. He can go back, play half field. He can do a lot of things from that position. And so I like that. So in the last ball game, uh, one series, little Mike, he was down like he was playing curl flat technique. He went back to deep outside third. He's going to be even better at doing it next year because now he's done it for a full year. So I'm keeping him in the slot. Nickelback. He's going to play nickelback again. You know, a, lot of, a few questions in here about Michigan's problems getting lined up. Uh, versus tempo and so j matt 27 with another sort of coaching question 
is it important to speed this team up faster than they're used to? Or I guess this is not even a question about that. Is it important to speed TCU up? I guess I, I guess he's asking about Michigan going tempo. Is it important to speed this team up faster than they're used to make TCU go faster than they're already wanting to go? What do you think about that, Vance? I never worried about tempo. Remember, I was in the Big 12. I was in the AAC. And I seen a lot of up-tempo. You know what I always said about up-tempo teams? Went on first down. When you went on first down, in other words, it's second down and long. Up-tempo, they don't go fast anymore because they don't want to be in third and long. And I'm, and I'm bringing up Urban Meyer's name again. I work with him at uh, Florida. Okay? And his biggest thing is that we we lost on first down, and it's second down and long. So I want to be in third and seven plus because my offensive line not built to be in third and seven plus. So my his philosophy, I'm trying to get back to third down and three or four if I'm not getting first down. So we went on first down. It's no up tempo anymore. They're going to slow it down. That's the key now. If they get five yards on first and ten, not second and five, they're going to be on the ball real fast going again. And now that that can cause us some issues. So I think Jesse's going to get his calls in a little bit quicker. If it that happens, you lose on first down, get the call in faster. All right. So there was a question here that I have to go back and find. Uh, it was about young Will Johnson. And if it were you, Vance, would you match up number two with uh, with their with their number one receiver on the other side? I think his name is Qu- yeah, Quentin. Here it is from Christopher Christopher Robbins. Will Johnson on Quentin Johnson? Would you do that, Vance? They haven't, you know, Michigan hasn't done that yet. They still play left and right of boundary of field corner. So that's not something they do. And right now with him being young like that, I wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I didn't. Again, like I had Woodson, we didn't do that with him. He was a field corner force and we left him there because now he understood what his assignments and responsibilities were. So no, I wouldn't match up that way. Mm-hmm. The, the coverages that you can call to take guys away, Jesse's done a great job this year in doing that. You can roll to that guy. He can. You can put him in the slide. You can still roll to that side and reroute the guy and take him away. So we got different schemes to take that guy to the ball game. All right. Only a couple more here, Vance. And this kind of gets – this is looking ahead. Michigan has business to take care of against TCU. But, Vance, you know, I already said Michigan going to beat, what did you say, 42 to 10 or something like that? What is Let's roll, like? baby. Yeah, all right. So assuming that that comes to fruition, Michigan versus Georgia, right? How do you see that matchup? Someone asked that earlier, and they're asking specifically who can cover Georgia's big-time tight end, Brock Bowers, who is a – we talk about Coastal Loveland being a bona fide pro. I think Coastal Loveland is – he has a talent. I think he's more talented than any tight end Michigan has had here in recent memory, right? And so – and they've had some talented tight ends. Brock Bowers is another really talented tight end who had himself a good day against the Maize and Blue. So – how do you see Michigan defending Georgia after the issues that they had last year, knowing that they're going to face uh, a big-time tight end like the ones they see in practice every day? You've got to find ways to reroute him every chance you can based on where he is. They move him around. They'll put him out wide. So he's a matchup problem for a corner because he's so much bigger. And I'm going back. We are a zone football team first. We're a zone football team. We run certain zone blitzes. On third down, we'll run – combination coverage and what that is that we're double guys based on the situation so we get him third down and five or six they can double him that means some other guys gonna be by themselves so there's ways to do that but again he's gonna Jesse's gonna run the calls that he thinks gonna give him a best chance to win and you're gonna see him blitzing different kind of zone pressures but what's gonna be important is for the guys that are dropping that they'll put their bodies 
on the receiver's bodies. And we didn't do that this past ball game. We kind of lost guys, and they found some things in the defense. So, again, going back to a previous question, right now, in this period, particular time, we are doing things that we are correcting those problems right now. Can we count to three? How do we match guys up? If two goes inside and three goes outside, who's the final number two? Know the things that he's working on right now to get it cleaned up. And that's how you take Bowers away. I gotcha. All right, folks. Hopefully we have a chance, an opportunity, and I think we will, to really break down that Michigan-Georgia matchup. For, for now, though, we'll concentrate more on getting deeper into TCU. Be sure to check out the film breakdown. As we talk, we go in-depth into what Purdue did against Michigan, why they had some success with their underneath passing game, and what elements, if any, TCU might be able to take from that really, really detailed analysis like you always get from Vance Beffert over on the film study. That's going up tomorrow along with Al's and Devin. So, uh, like I say, be sure to check those out. Of course, the way you show love to us is you like the videos. You subscribe to the channel. That way, whenever we do new content, you get a notification letting you know, alerting you to that point. And then, of course, the best way to show love is go over to MichiganInsider.com. Subscribe to the site. One dollar gets you in your first month. You get access to all of our video content, all of our written content, all our podcast content. VIP message board, and on top of that, the entire 24-7 Sports Network. So if you want to go in-depth, even deeper on TCU, you have access to that site. Same thing with Georgia. Same thing with Ohio State. However much intel you want to gather, you can do it with your subscription to 24-7 Sports. And after you get through your promotional period, that $1 for a month, and you become a full-paying member, you also have access to Paramount Plus when you become a full-paying subscriber. That cannot be beaten when it comes for comes to bang for your buck. So, as always, Vance has been real. As one of the watchers said, best show on YouTube. You got some Vance fans. Vance, we got to get you what they call a cash app. Fans are asking for you to get a cash app. So, get with the lovely Mrs. Bedford. <laughs> have her put to you, get you a cash app. And the fans said they'll start tipping you, Vance. It's, a, it's like a tip. They start tipping you every time you make a good. You ever seen around the horn and they start giving you points for, you know, <laughs> for a good point you make. So then every time Vance make a good point, another dollar for the cash app, or maybe it's high. <laughs> Who knows? So get that cash app, Vance. Tell Maggie, come on, we gonna get some more steaks off this cash app, oh, and it'll work, man. So I appreciate it, guys. Hey, I do this because I love doing it. I don't need any tips. You you showing up and supporting my man Sam. That's that's tip enough. I appreciate that. I appreciate it too, folks. Until next time, thanks for watching another edition of the Michigan Football Breakdown focused on the offense with Vance Beffer. We'll see you next time. Go Blue.